Hello people, good evening and welcome everyone to the Startup and Career Show. This is the show where we discuss everything about startup and corporate life with founders and business leaders who share their real life experiences. Today, we have an exciting session coming up with Neil Sarin and Marnie Warner, founding team of Sona, who's going to share insights around how music can help in healing anxiety. It's an important topic, especially in the times that we live in now. And they are joining us all the way from US. Welcome, welcome to Backstage Neil, Marnie. Good morning to Shashank as well. Morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Great to be here. Hey, welcome, Neil and Marnie, uh, to Backstage. Well, to all our listeners. It's our first Backstage. <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, let me introduce to both of you, uh, to all our listeners. So, uh, people, Neil is the founder and CEO of Sona, an award-winning restorative music app for anxiety. It uses AI to recommend research-backed original music designed to relieve symptoms naturally and efficiently. Prior to that, he served as head of A&R at Geo Savan. He co-founded the company's in-house record label and led creative strategy towards artist-friendly deals while producing cross-continental hit records with artists like Nas and Marshmallow. Marnie is the CMO of Sona. She's also a certified holistic health coach and the co-founder of Equilibrium, an initiative that brings wellness resources to the music industry. So welcome both of you once again and let's begin. So uh, Neil and Marnie, let's begin. Can both of you talk about your journey all these years? How did you enter the music and wellness industry? Maybe if you can share some of the defining moments in your journey. Neil, to with you first. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I started producing music uh, when I was 16. Um, started playing piano when I was around five and, uh, and had, had my first A&R artist development internship um, at a major record label also when I was 16. Um, and yeah, just as a journey as a music producer, um, and as a, um, as an A&R, um, I kind of just progressed over the years. And before starting the company, I was the, the head of A&R at Geo Sovin, as you mentioned, um, and, uh, started an in-house record label called Artist Originals, uh, which was dedicated to empowering independent South Asian artists. Um, so we basically leverage GeoSavin's platform to sign independent uh, recorded music artists uh, in India and in diaspora markets like the UK and US. Um, <clears throat> and and basically to cross-continental collaborations, like as you mentioned with artists like Nas and Marshmello, um, we sign Pratik Kuhad, Sid Sriram, and uh, yeah, that's that was what I was doing before starting Sona. Wow. What about you, Mani? Um, yeah, so I started in the music industry um, in, on the management side. I worked in artist management for a few years, and then I went to a small label group um, and did marketing there, um, ran their marketing and PR um, aspects. And then after that, um, I started a digital marketing agency that I ran for 12 years, working with artists like Lou Reed and... Um, uh, a band called Annuals was one of my first clients ever, an indie rock band from North Carolina, and you know just kind of really spanned the the, the 
gamut of unknown artists to, you know, really, really big artists. Um, and then I sold that company to an entertainment marketing agency called The Syndicate um, and ran their uh, marketing uh, department for about three years. Um, and along that way, um, I, I got certified as a holistic health coach, um, as you mentioned, um, and uh, always kind of wanted to do something in the wellness, doing do more in the wellness um, vein. And I started Equilibrium with another uh, holistic health coach who was also working in the music industry so that we could, you know, bring health coaching and wellness resources to the music industry, not generally a very healthy space. So we wanted to do something about that. Um, and then last summer, um, I left the agency that I was at to, to pursue more in the wellness space. I really wanted to transition fully into working in wellness. Um, and that's when Neil and I started talking. Neil and I had known each other um, for a while back. Uh, he told me about Sona. I tried it. I loved it. Um, and joined the team. And I'm really grateful to be working at the crux of wellness and music. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, uh, uh, Neil and Marnie. So, Neil, uh, what motivated you to become an entrepreneur? Uh, what do you enjoy the most as well about starting up? As, as Shashank knows, it's a, it's a journey. Uh, and there's definitely, you know, highs and lows to it. But um, I love the idea of, um, you know, just wanting to create, you know, I think just being a being able to, uh, you know, express yourself and, and want to create and kind of build new things that um, you think don't exist yet, and kind of bringing that to the world in some some way, shape or form. So I think that's very fulfilling. Um, and, and really what drives me. Wow. So, uh, how did this idea for Sona come about? Because uh, it's a very, very unique space that you guys are operating in. Right? So, what was the inspiration for you to get into this, uh, leaving your uh, job at Geo Savan? Yeah, it's a great question. So, yeah, after working on, you know, pop and, and hip-hop records, um, you know, I started um, meditating back in 2010, learning Transcendental Meditation. Um, and it helped me a lot, you know, with reduced anxiety, improved focus, um, better sleep. Um, but I realized that it took time, dedication, practice, and even money. You know, when you learn TM, I had to pay like 2500 bucks at the time. Um, and, you know, I thought, listen, how can we lower the barrier to entry for more people to experience these benefits, but without having to learn meditation? Um, and what's easier than listening to music, right? Um, so in 2015, I started working on a music composition process um, that's basically a series of composing and sound mixing techniques that when you bring them together, they have a, an anti-anxiety effect on the listener. Um, and at this point in time, we didn't have any you know, research or any you know, partnerships with UC Berkeley. Um, it was really just going based on feeling. Um, and I produced around uh, you know, three or four songs um, and I was just listening to this music for 10 minutes and I felt like I just had a full uh, meditation session. Uh, and it was having a similar effect on my friends and my family as well. Um, so, so that's really what inspired me to leave my position at GeoSavin and start the company. Well, that, that's inspiring, Neil, because uh, what takeaway that I get it from you and since we have students listening to you uh, live, I think in 2010 is when you came across 
uh, uh, with meditation, and in 2015 you realize you wanted to get into this. I mean, it takes perseverance, right? I mean, it means you, you were following your passion for over 10 years now, and now you are, you know, actually starting up. Yeah, um, you know, it's a it's a journey, and um, and I think that at the time, obviously, I didn't know, you know, what was to come or that we were even going to be an app. The company actually started off as an independent record label. So the idea was just like we were signing pop and hip hop artists at Geo Sabin, um, I was actually started the company to sign composers in this restorative um, sound therapy space and, um, and basically give them this composition process as guidelines to create the music. And then it actually started off just saying, hey, let's build up a catalog of music and license it. Um, but, you know, a lot of things changed and, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we continued to kind of grow and, and see new opportunities for the business. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Mani coming to you, uh, you've been in the wellness industry for quite some time now, but what made you join Sona? So what did you find unique about Sona? Well, in the first personally, place? I loved that Sona intersected music and technology and wellness, uh, which is three things that I'd been involved in. Um, for a long time. So it really spoke to me to, you know, because I knew these three areas and I loved the convergence. I also loved how, like to Neil's point, you know, that it lowered the barrier of entry for people to feel the effects that meditation offers. I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, meditation is amazing. And I know I've even struggled with the consistency of it. And so to have this app, that you can have at your fingertips, literally, that can give you these benefits, um, you know, just by listening to it was incredible to me. Um, and then the research that was done so far, even even at this stage, you know, the research that has been done is incredible. And it really shows these, these results, you know, in, in people. So that meant a lot to me from a science aspect of just seeing how the app worked, you know, what it does to your to your brain and your body um because i've spent a lot of time exploring that sort of stuff on my own um and i and i loved it and then i i spent some time with it um i spent a few months with it before joining the team and i just really fell in love with it wow so in fact uh, we've got an interesting question from one of our listener rahul and he's asking you that uh, it is mentioned that Sona is backed by leading neurosciences. So he wants to know how the process of onboarding them happened, considering the brand was just starting out. Hey, Rahul. Um, great question. Um, so when I started the company in May 2019, we onboarded our first neuroscience advisor in October that year. Um, and, uh, his name is Dr. Robert Knight. Uh, he's the, uh, lead, uh, neuroscience professor at UC Berkeley. Um, he's done a lot more than that, but that's just one of his titles and, um, and really just kind of leveraging your network. We actually, uh, I'm based in LA in LA these days, but, um, we, we started the company really in Berkeley. Um, and so we had access to professors there. Um, and we basically got introduced to him and, uh, you know, I remember going to his office for a first meeting and just kind of, you know, pitching him and, and, uh, and I think, you know, passion goes a long way, especially when you're starting out early, when you don't have a lot to leverage. 
and just kind of being really clear about your vision and intention. Uh, and, you know, luckily he was uh, inspired enough to, to join as an advisor. And that's how we got our first advisor. Um, and then he actually introduced us to our second um, science advisor that we onboarded. So it's kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a domino effect, but it, it kind of one step leads to another once you get your first. True, true. Wow. So, uh, uh, Mani, who can benefit from Sona's music? If you can just tell yeah, a definitely. little bit about it. Um, I mean, really anyone who experiences stress and anxiety uh, can benefit from the app, which is unfortunately a lot of us, <laughs> most of us these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, really somebody that has been dealing with anxiety, whether it's chronic or something that you don't want to become chronic, um, but it really is helpful in those times of, you know, acute stress or on a daily basis to keep stress down. Um, so yeah, it, it really is a wide array of people. And then also parents. Um, we find that a lot of parents are using our app to for not only themselves, but also to um, help their kids go to sleep. Um, so yeah, that's been a that's been really amazing to hear. Oh, that's yeah. a very interesting use case. For sure. Yeah. Wow. So, so Mani, uh, can you talk about how does music helps in healing anxiety? Because here uh, we are not talking talking about just providing us. Uh, you know, stopgap solution, right? We are talking about healing it all together. So what role yeah, does it for play? Sure. I mean, first off, we all know how to listen to music. So I think that is kind of a great place to start. And I think that's why, you know, it's, it's such an effective therapy is that everyone's willing to do it. Um, it's non-invasive. It's, you know, uh, it's natural. Um, and in this case, it's efficient. So, um, I mean, first off, music is healing to in, in, in so many ways, because if you think about being that our bodies are 60% water and that music is made of vibrations, you know, it's going to affect us in very substantial ways. Um, with Sona's music, beyond the effect that it is actually music and, and a vibrational medium, um, Sona's music has been tested. Um, the first, the first uh, research that we did um, was with EEG, with brain scans. Um, and without getting too much in detail, um, basically what the research showed was that um, against a control group that listened to different music, they listened to relaxing folk pop music, whereas Sona's, um, whereas the, the, our group, you know, the main group that we were testing listened to Sona's music, um, they were divided half and half. What, was, what we saw was that the, the listeners that were listening to Sona's music um, we saw an increase in alpha waves in their brain, which meant that they were in a more relaxed state, similar to what you would be in after a meditation. Um, and then what we saw in the control group um, listening to the folk pop music is that their brain waves were in increasing in beta, meaning that they were more alert. They were more, you know, paying more attention to the music, um, which is, you know, the opposite of being in a relaxed state. So that's, you know, kind of what some of the early research that we did to kind of figure out how this was helping. Neil saying, you know, he felt relaxed, he felt really good. And this was sort of the, the research to prove that. Um, and then the other way that, that Sona's music is helpful in 
in um, in lowering anxiety is we did another test um, quite recently where we tested anxiety-like behavior in mice. Um, and we had the mice divided into three groups. One group was listening to Sona's music. One group was listening to white noise. And one group was listening to reggae music, which we all consider generally relaxing. Um, and what we saw in that study, uh, we were measuring their corticosterone levels, which is the mice uh, version, mouse version of cortisol, human stress hormone. Um, and what we saw in that study um, was that the mice that were listening to the Sona music, their corticosterone was 50% lower than the other two groups. Um, so it's really very cool to see that Sona's music ha can lower stress hormone as well. Wow. I mean, this is very, very innovative as well. That's pretty amazing, actually, like uh, the kind of research you guys are doing. I think, is there any other company uh, across the world which is doing some study of music along with there science? There are. Um, I don't know any companies that are specifically focusing on anxiety, um, which is, I think, one of the most unique things about mm -hmm. Sona. There's a, there's a few companies doing, you know, studying music. There's not a lot of study on music therapy, um, which is a big, you know, which is a wide field um, involving many different uses of music. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't believe that there are a lot of of apps and restorative music apps in particular focusing on anxiety. And then you guys are going in a very, uh, like a studied fashion. It's not just about just some calm music and without the study there, like I think there are apps out there. I'm not going to take the names, but uh, probably they don't have the study. They just put on some music that uh, some white noise, some kind of stuff to and they claim to be calming you down, but you guys are going after like the real scientific study, scientific way of yeah, claiming there are a lot what of you guys are claiming. That, um, that are, you know, also not just music, but also meditation that use music um, and they source music that is, you know, relaxing, but is it, you know, scientifically shown to be relaxing? We don't know because they're not necessarily doing this, the scientific testing that we are. So it's just a little bit of a different, yeah. Yeah, in fact, like you, you guys actually mentioned that like uh, you were seeing a difference when uh, the brain was more alert than actually being relaxed. Actually, so that that that's kind of stuff which people don't even like. People like us have no idea about actually. So it's pretty educating for us. And uh, yeah, this is amazing. You guys, are, what you guys are doing? It's definitely exciting to be involved in it. Well, well, we think what you're doing is amazing too, Shashank. So Agreed. Feelings mutual. <laughs> yeah. All, all, I, all I want is like all my sessions, all our sessions should have a Sona music exactly. in the background so people are relaxed and calm. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Neil, coming to you, uh, how does Sona's music work? Uh, and if you can just uh, help us understand uh, when somebody downloads the app, uh, how is the process like? And because I remember you, uh, th there are some subscription plans as well. So what what is the whole process like? Yeah, and I'm happy to kind of go through the app and you know the onboarding process. But just to go, you know, to touch on the science piece a little bit as well is so basically the music that we produce in house, right, with Grammy winning producers uh, and curated composers is that basically this series of composing and sound mixing techniques is designed to yield entrainment. 
Um, and it's basically called brainwave entrainment, neural entrainment. You can Google it uh, and look it up. But basically, through consistent repetition of rhythm and a frequency range, you're able to, as Marnie said um, and alluded to in the Nielsen study with the EEG, you're able to kind of shift from a beta waking state that we're currently in to a relaxed um, alpha uh, increase in alpha brain waves. Um, so that's what entrainment allows you to do. So that's kind of the foundation and backbone of all of the music on Sona. Whereas if you might go to other mindfulness apps, you'll see a, a variety of different types of music um, that necessarily don't have that composition process. So just wanted to kind of touch on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you download Sona, um, you basically create an account and goes through an onboarding process. Um, and then it asks you a couple of questions. Um, and right now, um, you know, we're getting into, um, you know, understanding the user's anxiety symptoms um, so that we can personalize their listening experience based on that. Um, and then once you fill it, go through the onboarding process, you start a seven-day free trial. Um, so you don't have to pay for it up front. You, it's immediately free. Um, and um, you get a, you get access to premium features like timer, breathing guides, um, setting reminders. Um, we're actually, uh, in the next few weeks, going to be introducing a My Stats feature. So you'll be able to look and see, okay, how many sessions, how many minutes did I listen this week versus last? Um, some more insights. And... Um, and so, yeah, basically, we really wanted this to be intuitive and um, easy to understand. And, you know, like the traditional UX, UI kind of mantra, which is don't make me think, right? Um, and we actually took a lot of inspiration from Shazam, um, you know, the music uh, selection app. Um, and just, you know, when you just to be, the ability to click a button and be able to listen to music. So when you come to the main homepage, there's just a play music screen and you hit the play music button, it takes you right into a listening session upon which um, this restorative music is uh, curated for you based on your answers to some of the anxiety questionnaires. Wow, so this is, this is highly personal in nature as well. Yes, so we actually categorized our entire uh, our entire catalog of music. Um, so we we have deep kind of thorough metadata on each and every song. Um, so you know tempo, moods, um, time of day, and based on all of these different features, we curate music for the listener. By the way, I don't know whether Ashok, you know this, uh, like this uh, uh, Sona, you guys won the award, right? Uh, do you want to talk about that, Neil? Yeah, so we um, we were selected as an honoree at the CES Innovation Awards this year uh, for health and wellness. Um, and we were present there as well. So uh, went to Vegas and uh, it was peak COVID at the time. So there wasn't a lot of action and activity. Um, but the conference was great. And, you know, I think there was around, you know, 100,000 people that showed up to CES this year. And uh, it was great. It was a great honor. And, um, you know, we, we made the most of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is very, very innovative. I, I, I would have never thought about this space at all, actually. So kudos on that. Well, 
Thank super, you. Super. Many congratulations, Neil and Marni, for this. Wow. So, so Neil, uh, moving on, uh, can you talk about Sona's mission uh, for seeking FDA approval for this? Absolutely. Yeah, so our mission is pretty simple. It's to validate music as medicine. Um, and, you know, as Shashank, as you mentioned, we are, um, we're really focusing on kind of changing the perception around how music can be used, right? Um, and building awareness around its restorative properties. Um, and so by achieving FDA approval, um, we're able to reach a much larger audience. And obviously it gives you kind of a stamp of an, and seal of approval that um, your music is working and your product works to relieve certain symptoms. Um, so we believe that that's very important, but it's also about um, educating people, right? And really showing people that, hey, there's music has restorative properties. It can be an effective tool to reduce anxiety. Um, and we really wanted, we see a world where people use restorative music, Sona's music, um, in a way that they use, you know, music to work out to, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, music to party to, right? Yeah. So we believe that there's an equal opportunity and we want to help um, spread awareness around that. And uh, you talked about the FDA uh, approval you guys are going after. Is there any other body uh, in the world you are working with apart from FDA, like maybe in India uh, or some other countries where you might think about actually applying for that therapy uh, and approval from the medical association? That's a great question. Um, the short answer is right now we're focusing on the U.S. market. Mm -hmm. um, but absolutely, I think that there is um, a, a lot of potential to partner with, um, you know, South Asian entities, Europe. Um, but I think we want to start with the U.S. and really get the ball rolling here. Yeah, yeah. Especially with a country like India, where uh, music goes beyond like thousands of years, actually. Like a lot of music has evolved from India. And uh, and what you guys are doing, bringing science to it, I think that's a huge scope here. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the, the best part about it is its accessibility, right? So, yeah. you know, they say music is the universal language of the world. So with a lot of these mindfulness apps, right, it's like you have sleep stories and kind of there's this language barrier to it. But with music, um, anybody can listen to it regardless of, you know, uh, the language they speak or where they live. True, true, absolutely. Uh, so, Mani, uh, being a CMO, what challenges do you face while taking Sona to the masses? Yeah, so the interesting thing is that every, you know, everyone is, is you know, in need of this. There's so many people are in need of this. So, you know, when, when talking to people about it, the initial response is, oh, my gosh, I need this. So many people need this. You know, um, this is solving a, a really great problem. Um, and the other, you know, kind of what, what sort of comes up after a lot of people, you know, don't either they can see, think it's a meditation app. That's one of the things that comes up. Um, and, or they, you know, if they, they kind of maybe expect meditations or they, you know, don't initially understand that the music is the thing that it's really just listening to the music that that is the healing thing and that you don't really need to do anything. <laughs> I think people are so used to having to do things. 
Um, so that, you know, is kind of like a, an appreciated thing that sometimes people don't kind of click into right away. Um, I think the other thing is that it's so minimalistic. Um, like Neil was saying, you know, with the inspiration from Shazam, there's this big old button that you press when you want to listen to the music and you really don't have to do anything else. Um, and I think that there is a little bit of, you know, some some people, and there are ways that you can personalize it for sure. You can go in and, and um, personalize kind of what you're feeling at the time and, um, you know, in, in kind of adjust it that way. And you can also, the app learns your behavior as you use it as well. Um, but that is kind of one of the coolest things about it is that the AI sort of, you know, gives you, it offers you the music, it recommends the music for you, given your symptoms and given, you know, where you're located, the time of day and how you're using the app. Um, so a lot of people are not kind of, if, if, if they haven't used it yet, they don't understand that. And so that's kind of, um, one of those things that people get once they dive into the app. Wow, wow, this is this is interesting. So, uh, Neil, uh, you did touch base upon uh, you know that your focus is US for now, but uh, how are you planning to expand your business? So, uh, you know, as Marnie mentioned, we're focusing a lot on. Um, app growth um, and spreading awareness, particularly around partnerships, a lot of mental health partnerships, healthcare organizations, um, you know, college ambassador programs, um, and and kind of leveraging also pre-existing networks, uh, whether there's a lot of mental health startups out there, um, telehealth. And so really just focusing on, really taking a, a partnership-driven approach to growing um, I'm sure you guys have taken a similar approach as well, uh, especially in these early days. It's, um, you know, and so we, um, so that's kind of the initial approach for us, but we actually want to focus on licensing the music as well. So I, one of the best parts about um, our business model is that we own the IP. So uh, we're not licensing this music, we're producing it in-house. So inherently we're able to license it to, um, film, TV, video games, metaverse, uh, VR, um, health solutions, um, sky's the limit, um, backstage, you know, hopefully one of these days. Um, but I think, uh, it's, it's cool that, so I think we want to focus on, you know, app growth, but we also want to focus on licensing as well. Um, especially to grow, um, revenue early on. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Great idea, actually. But Neil, uh, for that matter, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, when we look at the overall global music industry, right, piracy is also a big problem, right? So if you were to talk about licensing, don't you think that would be a challenge that you would face? That's a great point. Um, and, you know, I think in terms of licensing, it's really, well, there's a B2B angle, right? Um, and I think through B2B, which is, you know, really talking to hotels, um, talking to workspaces, hospitals, you're able to legitimately license and kind of execute contracts and deals that way. Um, so I think kind of making sure that you're partnering with the right people um, and kind of maybe, I don't want to say take a, taking a top-down approach, but naturally we want to license our music to entities where we could achieve a lot of virality, right? Uh, and reach a lot of people versus kind of doing maybe 
more one-offs. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I think that's our main focus, but I think it's, it's definitely a challenge that we, we will face um, in the future. I, I think like uh, I agree with you on that, Neil, that uh, uh, if you make right business uh, uh, relationships, then uh, chance, I mean, they're, they're likelihood of them stealing your music would be less. But if people are like, uh, like music industry is always uh, mired by piracy stuff, what, uh, but I think sometimes that's a great way of advertising. There's a great way of where people are uh, taking your music and copying it. Let's say they are not ready to pay for it, but you, uh, that shows that you have so much power that so many people actually really care about it. Uh, and you can use it to your advantage. Like there would be people who will legitimately want to subscribe. You want to actually do the right thing. Just like movie industry, like they, they're, they're thriving and surviving. I mean, of course they have issues of piracy, but they're, that piracy doesn't stop them from making innovative uh, movies or create new content, actually. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's also where does the content live, right? So our content lives on Sona, the app. Um, you know, the content will live, uh, you know, on through sync, right? Th through video sync, so film, TV, video games, and then also be distributed through, you know, these workspaces and hospitals and so on and so forth. Um, so it's actually quite hard to steal our music at this stage. You know, if you have your music on iTunes or if you have it on YouTube or SoundCloud, someone could rip it. But it currently are a very kind of very small portion of our catalog um, exists on those platforms at this stage. So um, it's it, it's difficult to um, to pirate our music as of now, but I think as we grow, it's definitely something we need to be mindful of. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to challenge people on that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I think uh, Neil would be happy with it because if you were to uh, look at Netflix, especially in India, people share passwords, username, passwords, and uh, you know this is what happens. So that's a good problem to have in a way. Exactly. Exactly. At this stage, it's a great problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, those are the kind of problems I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Neil, Mani, there are a few questions uh, uh, from our listeners as well, and I'll take uh, one by one. So, Priyanka, uh, one of our listeners, uh, she's asked you a question. What is the kind of music that you listen to? Have you always believed in music being a tool to unwind and create a calming space outside of your professional space? Yeah, I can jump in on that. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I've always loved music and that's the reason that I started working in the music industry. Um, I've always like recognized its power, you know, how it can make you feel different things. Um, and, you know, I think innately we all know that it can, it can do stuff to us internally and physiologically. Um, in terms of the kind of music I listen to, I listen to a huge variety of different types of music. Um, and it really, it really does depend on my mood or, you know, what I'm doing. Am I exercising? Am I, am I relaxing? Am I, you know, is it sort of um, meant to make me happy or, you know, mellow or any of those things? So, yeah. And I mean, very often I am listening to Sona <laughs> these days because I listen to it all throughout the day I listen to it you know before I go to bed I listen to it when I'm working you know and it really I really I really do love it 
Wow, wow. So I think uh, there is another question from Ashi, and uh, she's asking: Is it necessary that one needs to only listen to calming music to deal with alleviating anxiety? How does the platform customize based on personal behavioral traits? That's a great question. So, um, if I'm understanding the first question correctly, it, it's it, if you only need to be listening to music, like if you need to not be doing something else. Um, I mean, it will have the the, the the greatest effect if you are sitting and listening to the music. Um, it, but you can certainly have it on while you're doing other things as well. Um, so you can, you know, I've heard, you know, people actually, if you look, if you go to our Instagram too, we have some people that um, have been sharing how they're using Sona, um, which because it's incredible to see how people are listening to it. They're, you know, listening to it while they clean their house or listening to it, you know, while they, while they do meditate in all these different ways. So if you try out the app and you have a fun way to share how you're using it, definitely post and, and use hashtag how I Sona and, tag us at Sona Cares um, because we want to know. Um, but the um, the second part of your question, um, how does the personalization happen? So it's partly how you engage with the questions that are being asked. Um, so right now on the app, there is a way that you can answer a question right when you, right when you, uh, you know, onboard, right at the onboarding process. And then you can go into settings, into your profile um, and, and, and personalize it any any time you want to. So you can go in and adjust your answers based on how you're feeling at the moment or what your symptoms are at the moment. Um, so the app takes into consideration those the answers to those questions. As Neil is saying, you know we have a ton of metadata and ways that the tracks are identified. Um, so the AI can kind of knows what you, what to play for you at the given moment of how you're feeling. And then it also takes into consideration time of day. Is it morning? Is it afternoon? Is it, are you probably getting ready to go to bed soon? Are you maybe sleeping or using it to sleep? Um, and then it also takes into consideration um, the listener's behavior with the app. Are you skipping certain songs that, you know, have a certain quality to them? Maybe you only really like, you know, the music that's, um, piano and harp, you know, so, you know, you're, it's kind of considering, and then you can also save tracks on the premium version too. So which tracks are you saving? What are the common denominators among those tracks? So how can it kind of serve you music that you not only enjoy, but will also help you lower your anxiety? Wow. So, uh, Neil uh, and Marnie, both of you, uh, what would the world look like if you are wildly successful in this with Sona now? Yeah, so uh, I, I think, you know, the world would, <laughs> it's a very broad question, Rishabh, um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I do think there's so many avenues, um, you know, for this music to be heard. And, you know, sometimes I just imagine whether I'm walking, you know, through a, a building or a WeWork or, you know, a hospital or whenever you're just kind of in public spaces. I've always imagined just like Sona's restorative music just playing kind of in the background and even in, you know, advertising, right? You hear so many upbeat songs playing all the times. Like, you know, what if you heard some restorative music in advertising and we, we typically hear ambient music in film, but, 
you know, music that's actually designed to help you relax, right, and kind of subliminally uh, help you chill out. So I just think the use case of it, seeing it exponentially more in culture, just so as you're, it's, it's not something that you have to seek, it's something that's kind of coexisting um, with your lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I think, I yeah, think you know, a beautiful world would be one where people are regularly listening to Sona's music to de-stress and to reduce their anxiety and, you know, sharing that with one another. Um, so I think that would be, that would be pretty wildly successful. Well, in fact, uh, there was a time in India, uh, I think uh, around 70s and 80s, when polio was pretty much there. And then the government did a drive and ensured that India became polio-free. And, 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 and I just hope that something, uh, you know, what Sona is doing, it can actually er eradicate anxiety and it will be so much better for this world. Agreed. So, Neil... Uh, of uh, with the COVID stuff and then all the war going on, I think like uh, Sona is very well timed. Actually, people need us. If uh, people in such a situation, like like especially in Ukraine and Russia, like I'm just wanted to bring that up is like people are so much stressed out out about that. Actually, so the music can make them relax. Definitely, a bit. and it's also there's a lot of you know. This is another reason that backstage is great, too, is there's a lot of anxiety producing things coming from our devices, you know, so having apps and things that we can use because we're going to use our phones, we're going to hold on to our phones all day and keep looking at them. Um, so, you know, having content that's available for us that's healing and that's providing not, you know, anxiety producing information is is always a really good thing, too. Yeah, I mean, we we did that, like, in, uh, especially in the times of COVID, we had uh, our own COVID uh, support circle, kind of stuff, Mukta, our content uh, strategist, she was leading that, and uh, she has amazing voice, actually, so just listening to her uh, was calming myself down, actually, so, yeah, That's really uh, cool. people need that kind of service. So, uh, Neil, before you go, uh, one last question I want to ask you, that entrepreneur is always in an action mode. So how do you unwind? Yeah, um, I listen to Sona. Um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, um, I even listen to it just my through my phone. Um, so I don't have, you know, my AirPods or any speakers. I just play it through my phone. Um, sometimes I do a meditation in the morning. Um, but I kind of have it playing in the morning and sometime in the afternoon. Um and yeah, just I think you know exercise and and sauna and those those are my go tos. Wow, wow! So I think uh, Neil and Marnie, it was wonderful speaking to you. Uh, thank you for being there and spending time with us to have, to speak to us on backstage. And I'm sure even the people listening us live really enjoyed it because music actually heals. And what you guys are doing is an awesome stuff. All the best to both of you. Thanks so much for having us. Um, we, we love you guys. Um, everything you guys are doing here at Backstage is great. Um, and any, anything we can do to support and help in the future, we'd love to do this again in some capacity. Yeah. But um, we're fans of yours as well. And thanks so much for the support. It's awesome, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much. And good luck with all your uh, 
peer approval and all the things you guys are doing we are i'm like i'm personally very super proud of what you guys are doing so i'm happy to call you as a friend and uh, uh, i'm looking forward to Thank all the you things so you are much. going to do it's been amazing thanks for having us on likewise cool awesome thank you guys thank you listeners for joining us again we shall join next week thank you for your time bye bye